You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is March 4th and on Saturday, Atlanta United will play at Colorado in Commerce City, Colorado. Game time is 6pm. The game will be broadcast on Valley Sports. You can follow it on 92.9 FM or on my live Twitter coverage at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I'll also go on Instagram as soon as the starting 11 comes out, which should be around 5.05, 5.06, and give you my analysis of manager Gonzalo Pineda's selections. This podcast today is going to be a little bit different because we have a special guest joining us. South Georgia Tormenta co-owner Darren Von Tassel is going to come on. I was able to interview him earlier this week. Fantastic guy. A club that is doing some things very, very well because it had three big pieces of news this week. We're going to hear that interview with him. I'm also going to answer a couple of questions that y'all sent to me on my email, and thank you. And right now, uh, let's get into the game. Atlanta United is 1-0 after its 3-1 win against Sporting Kansas City. Colorado is 0-1 after it got hammered by LAFC in a game that it just did not look good in, but that tends to happen to Major League Soccer teams when they are coming off of Champions League. Uh, they're just not quite fit yet. And so when you're not fit and you're having to play so many games in so few days, the legs get heavy, and that's what it looked like for Colorado against LAFC the other day. Atlanta United has its own issues. Reported this week that Luis Araujo, its designated player, an early candidate for MVP, is going to be out for at least four weeks uh, with a hamstring injury. They didn't say if it was a strain or if it was a complete pull. And when they say four weeks, no one is quite sure. Does that mean that he's going to return to training in two weeks and he can play in four weeks? Or is in four weeks when he returns to training? I'm betting on the latter. So I'll be surprised if you see Araujo in six weeks, seven weeks, maybe eight weeks from now. Hamstrings you do not want to mess around with. They can be injured again fairly easily. you got to make sure he's 100% and he's ready to go. The good news for Atlanta United is in that win against Sporting Kansas City, they showed a lot of depth. Amar Sadic played well in the midfield. Mateus Uzetu played well in the midfield. Tyler Wolf had one assist, could have had two on the left wing. Caleb Wiley came off the bench to score a goal in his professional debut. Joseph Martinez had two assists. George Campbell in place of Alan Franco looked sharp. It was a very, very good performance by Atlanta United, which just hammered Sporting Kansas City in transition, hammered them on the break, 
it was a, it was an expert performance, a, a professional performance by the Five Stripes. Now, going into Colorado, the team is going to be missing several players again. You've got Franco Abada and Santiago Sosa, who are in Argentina, working on getting their green card, so they won't take up an uh, international slot anymore on the team. New designated player, Diego Almada, still in Argentina, working on his visa. Gonzalo Pineda said today that apparently some of the Argentine offices were closed for four days last week, and that is why things are going so slowly right now. The good news is, is Atlanta United did fly down a trainer who is working with those players, so they will be, they should be in shape. You know, there's a difference in being fit and being in game shape, but they are trying to make them available so that as soon as they come back, if they're healthy, if they're good, they can roll right into the lineup. So I will post my starting 11 a little bit later today in a new feature we're doing called Info to Know, in which I break down the roster, the starting 11, the officials, the injury reports for both teams, etc., to try to give you all the information you need about that game in one concise story. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. So we spoke with Gonzalo Pineda today. One of the questions I asked him was, what does the team need to improve upon this week? Well, obviously, the, the, the set piece is something that we need to improve on. I mean, especially the defensive set pieces. We need to, uh, there are little adjustments, I would say, nothing major that we're panicking at all. But, but obviously, there, there are some adjustments adjusts that that we already did did this week um, and things that we did well I think I think the the balance between playing in between the lines and getting behind I think we're getting better understanding on that and the rotations in the midfield that create some gaps to then playing behind uh, I think that the the pressure that Kansas put on us the last game uh, probably it was very good uh, I read somewhere that it was one of the best uh, pressures in, in the league in this week. So uh, we were not able to really play out from the back in the way that we really want to do. Uh, so that, that needs a little bit of an improvement. But at the same time, I felt that we were very good at recognizing the times to run in behind. And that created a lot of problems for, for, for the position. And I think that's something that we need to continue to do. Another thing that Pineda said they did well, uh, this was prompted by a question I asked that the team was up two to nothing, gave up a goal on a set piece, which is why he said they need to work on set pieces. And instead of folding, which was a big, big problem last year, the team went down and scored. Caleb Wiley scored his, that first goal to make it three to one. It's a gigantic positive step for Atlanta United. And now they get a chance to make another big step if they can win on the road at Colorado. Atlanta has had trouble winning on the road. If they've can beat well. They've already beaten Sporting Kansas City. If they can go to Colorado and beat Colorado, that is two likely playoff teams, which is another huge cap or a huge feather in their cap going into the game. Now let's turn to who is going to replace Luis Araujo at right wing. Don Dwyer came in and scored a goal. He played very very well. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the starting lineup on Saturday. Brooks Lennon. He finished the game at right wing. He should have had an assist, but Tim uh, Melia had a fantastic save of the Joseph Martinez shot. He could start at right wing. Marcelino Moreno could start at right wing. Tyler Wolf could move from the left to right. One of the good things about this team this year so far is it has a lot of depth. And here is Brooks Lennon talking about that depth. Definitely, yeah. The depth of this team is is really good. Um, you know, we have so many guys that can fill in so many different positions. Um, 
and yeah, you saw the three-one, uh, you know, victory that we had against a good Sporting Kansas City team. Um, and we've we've got guys out. We've got guys, um, you know, trying to sort out, um, you know, paperwork issues and things like that. And um, you know, we stuck together, and I think that's very positive for us to to have that in the first game of the season. Um, you know, it really builds confidence in the locker room, knowing that we have so much depth and uh, you know so much quality around the field. That was Brooks Lennon, who I think is probably going to come off the bench again uh, against Colorado. Ronald Hernandez played a good game at right fullback. Dom Dwyer had a good game at right wing. Those are the two positions, and then we will see what happens with Brooks Lennon. Atlanta United is going to wear its City in the Forest kit, which is white with green trim. And I only bring this up because the weather in Commerce City on Saturday is supposed to be god-awful. A high of 38, 50-something percent chance of precipitation. So, you know, there could be snow. For those of you who follow this team for a while, you know that in the second game of seasons, Atlanta United plays pretty well in the snow, going all the way back to year one when they went to Minnesota and routed the loons at the uh, University of Minnesota football stadium in one of the odder games that I have ever covered in my life. So with the weather in mind, I asked Gonzalo Pineda if it was going to affect or change his tactics for Saturday's game. Uh, not really, not, not in the tactics, but yes, a little bit in the game plan maybe, you know, just, just to understand the circumstances and, and try to adapt quickly to any anything different from what, what we used to do. But other than that, I mean, I think we're going to play the same style that we try to play. And uh, it's just little adjustments here and there, but nothing, nothing dramatically different. All right, we only got two questions in the mailbag, so I'm going to go to those before we bring on a special guest. So the two questions are, the first from Matthew Talbot, friend of the podcast, why are we waiting on visas for some of our players? Shouldn't this have been settled well in advance of the season? I don't know much about the visa process, but we know when the season starts. Well, they couldn't get the visa for Tiago Almada because he didn't sign until just before the start of the season. That's how it works. Um, this process seems to be taking a little bit longer. It could be because the offices were closed for a while. The green cards for... Santiago Sosa and Franco Ibarra are taking longer than they typically take. I can remember a lot of times the guys would only be gone a few days and they would come back. But again, if those offices were truly closed, that is affecting everything. Gonzalo Pineda said he does not know when they're going to be able to come back. I ask him every time we get to talk to him and he doesn't know. To his credit, he doesn't seem like he's frustrated. He keeps crediting the other players and said if one goes out, we have another player who could come in and, and give us something special with his skill set. Nick asks, any idea on how long MLS is planning to keep the five sub and expanded benches rules for as long as FIFA is going to allow it? Uh, he says he feels like this would definitely benefit deeper teams like Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I think it definitely benefits the deeper teams, and it'll stay until FIFA changes its mind. His second question, do you find it odd that Joseph was not widely mentioned as a possibility in any of the captain discussions, with most people assuming that Guzan or Alonzo was going to take it this year. No, I don't think it's odd. I don't think Joseph needs the armband for players to look to him for inspiration as an example of how they need to play, the energy they need to play with. Um, I'm sure at some point Joseph will be captain this year. Uh, we'll just have to see when it happens. All right, we are going to go to a break now, and then when we come back again, we are going to be speaking, or you'll hear me interviewing, I should say, South Georgia Tormenta co-owner Darren Von Tassel. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. And we're back. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. I hope that you'll click, share, subscribe to this podcast. It's doing very well, and that is all a credit to you. And I want to remind you all of the special promo that we have. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. $2.30 a week. I was driving down the road today and saw a car wash place that was charging $8 minimum, $2.30 a week for all the news you can read about every sports team in Atlanta, all your local news, all your entertainment, all your business, it's a bargain, folks. All right. Now, let's hear from South Georgia Tormenta co-owner, Darren Von Tassel. And a bit of a change, a pleasant change, because you won't have to hear my voice all the time. We have a special guest on the Southern Pride Soccer Podcast. Please welcome co-owner of South Georgia Tormenta FC, Darren Van Tassel. Doug, it's a big thrill to be with all your listeners today. Um, thanks for the opportunity to talk about the beautiful game here in South Georgia and all the things that are going on in the USL. Y'all got quite a lot of news that's happened in this past week, but I want to catch everyone up first. Tormenta is based in Statesboro. It plays in USL League One. It produces some really beautiful kits, if you haven't seen them. Uh, and it's going to open its season April 2nd, hosting North Carolina FC at Optum Health System Field. Um, big, big season for Tormenta. Uh, but we're going to talk about the news that's happened this week. Three big items for the club. The headlines are, it signed former Tottenham player Keziah Sterling, which we're going to get into in a minute. Club legend Marco Micheletto, who played for four seasons, uh, was purchased by Columbus in Major League Soccer. And then former Tormenta player Azad Liadi came off the bench to play minutes for D.C. United in its season-opening win against Charlotte. Uh, Just a fantastic week of news for Tormenta. Darren, what has this meant for the club just in terms of, of ticket sales, interest? What are y'all seeing so far? Doug, thanks for bringing all those things and laying out. You know, any one of those three things would be big news. We had those three things happen in three uh, days in a row <laughs> around here. You know, it always depends upon where you start to tell the story. But those are the kinds of stories that allow lots of people to ask the question, what's going on at Tormenta and, and, and exactly what's 
happening there. But you know, let's give some let's give some real perspective. One, you know, Marco being able to move on a transfer to um, Columbus Crew organization says a lot about where American soccer has gotten into in the United States. One, you know, a pyramid, and then two that there are transfers that are happening that are paid. That's important. Listen, he's a club legend. He's the epitome of who we are, and he remains that way. Um, I talked to Marco this morning just to see, just to tell you how, you know, those connections re- remain large. Um, you know, AZ, Azad Liadi, AZ, we, we, we call him. I, listen, signing a pro contract's a big deal. Playing on opening night is a, is a bigger deal. I, I think I'm certain when I say this that in the history of the USL League One, Azad's the first player to move from a USL League One franchise that wasn't part of one of the MLS connections mm. um, inside the league onto the MLS. And, and one of the amazing stories with Azad is he graduates from Georgia Southern University. So there's some real connections. He played mm. his college years in Statesboro, and we had last year to really to push him and to move him up. And then, of course, the one that, you know, by tormentous standards is uh, is really getting the most news, and that was Kaziah Sterling. And listen, anytime you sign someone from Tottenham, he's coming to the United States. He's had UEFA uh, Champions League experience. Um, we were able to post pictures of his shaking hands with Harry Kane coming on and being substituted for Deli Ali and, and scoring at Old Trafford on the videos. Those are big moments. There is no question that all the work that's been gone over here the last six years from building stadiums to having the right culture in place are what attracts those kinds of individuals. We hope there's more of those to come. Our goal here, Doug, is we're going to win championships. And when we do so, um, players are going to be able to move on and, and we're going to have new folks to come in there. You know, I, 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 we, we can port, sort this out because I know we keep the link on our website, but where the, are the, uh, the alumni who've come through here in Tormenta FC2, our League 2 team, I think we're up in the 40s, 50s, maybe even 60s in terms of the number of pro contracts that, that have come out of there. Marco's just being one of the latest, but now we're moving from some pro players on to some of the higher levels too. And, and, and quite frankly, if you'll sit tight, we, we, we may have a couple more announcements coming. There you go. Well, walk us through how y'all ended up with Sterling. How, how did that connection happen? And, and, you know, because you would think, okay, a loan to an MLS club or, or something like that, but to come to USL League One, to, to Statesboro, to Tormenta, it, it's just, it's, it's mm-hmm. bizarre almost. Well, I think it's all about relationships. Okay. I, I, listen, we wouldn't have kept it as interest if, if we didn't have a place worthy of keeping interest. Mm-hmm. And Cameron, Tom Morris, our technical staff, get all the credit um, for this. We, we did a lot of uh, West Coast recruiting, but we did a lot of European recruiting this offseason. Hmm. Uh, and relationships matter. Um, and sometimes those relationships take you to places that are the most obvious of places, but once you see the results of them, they may seem, you know, a, a, a bit bizarre. You know, when we, when we met with Kaziah, he, he liked the opportunity that was here. He's seen the culture, I think, that's in place. You know, the difference between the USL League One, USL Championship, and the MLS is a difference, but that difference is, is narrowing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And on the top players, there's some real fluid movements in here. I think it's also a really great story and not just about where League One is. Clearly, it's a story about where Tormenta is, but I think it's where the game has gotten to be in North America. And we're all going to celebrate this together. That's fantastic. So what are your expectations for him? What, what do you all think he can accomplish in his first season? Well, my flippant answer is we're going to go undefeated and win the Rose Bowl. <laughs> um, that's a great answer for all fans in, 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 America, <laughs> in America. But but I, I think we have to give a, a player like Kaziah just like any other player. He's 23, um, and despite him having experience at the highest of levels and playing from lots of fans. There's going to be a transition period mm-hmm. uh, go through. It's a new club. It's new players. It's a new system, at, at least for him. And, um, you know, the game um, is still 120 by 80, and um, the team with the most goals wins uh, still. But let, we're going to give him a chance to do it. I, I think he's he brings a very dynamic place, um, you know, for us to get real forward with things. We're a very um, attacking-minded team. We like mm-hmm. to press. we got to work. And, um, and, and so those will be some things to, um, for him to do. But I, I think our expectations are as high as the media reports say they are. Any other new faces on the club that people should look out for? You know, Arthur Basura, who's, who's another forward that we signed from, um, he's with the Charleston Battery in a long period. I think, I think having those two up front are going to be give us very, um, be very forward thinking. Um, I think Kingston is, is really going to be a, a big one. Kingston comes to us from um, the number one ranked player out of the USL two last year. He's at Des Moines menace. He was the university of Dayton player went in the MLS draft this year. We, we got him into camp and signed him very quickly. Uh, Kingston is very dynamic. He is a fantastic player to watch. But my my opinion, my eyes are really not just on some of the new guys. Gabriel Cabral, who comes to us, we signed him from our second team. Incredibly dynamic midfielder. There's two guys that are really, I think I would point to the most. Um, we get Adrian Bilhart back. It's his second year as a pro, but he only got two games in last year before he had a season-ending injury. Adrian comes from us, again, from our second team. Unbelievably dynamic attacking midfielder. And then we get Josh Phelps back, a longtime um, player who went out season injury last year. Um, we get those guys back. They had minutes against Atlanta United, too. Mm-hmm. This, and that was a great um, time for both teams who really tried to move the ball and play. It was a wonderful goalkeeping exercise. I see some of the greatest saves <laughs> you'll ever imagine from um, Atlanta United and Tormenta that, that day. But that relationship's been an important one as – both Atlanta United, who has that biggest footprint in the state and our region for growing the game, tormented with a smaller one. But the clubs have been very good about um, about trying to make sure, certain that um, that we both both matter and both have the same objective as, as growing it. Those players that I mentioned, those relationships that we mentioned with other clubs, I think are everything to what we're trying to do. And listen, the more soccer, the more football, the better. I'm secretly hoping that. Well, no, no it's not a secret anymore that Atlanta United will come down and play y'all in Savannah or in Statesboro in its preseason in uh, 2023. I think that would be a lot of fun. Well, Doug, we have those same kinds of aspirations. So the stadium that we're building, thanks for the segue, about 5,300. It's that proper size for both championship games, but it's also that proper size for hosting really big events, whether internationals and 
uh, friendlies that we already have under contract to come and play. But but having Atlanta United here and, and them providing up with, with some graciousness to help grow the game and, and grow their fan base in this part of the state. It's not just a, a stadium that's going to give us a really nice fit from a crowd standpoint, but it's got all the right facilities and touches and, and, and proper training environments in our in our training grounds that it's going to be a very attractive place for preseason matches, which are probably the most obvious ones, but also a spring training site, to use a baseball metaphor, um, teams that need to get in a warmer climate. And we're going to take advantage of all of those things. And we also look forward to the day that that those friendlies um, aren't just at the training grounds there in Marietta, which is just one of the most beautiful spots around. Um, but here in Statesboro and right now our academies play each other in both places. Mm -hmm. um, and those relationships have grown very nicely. It's a wonderful staff there at Atlanta United. And um, there's a lot of professionalism already in place between the two clubs. All right. Tell folks how they can uh, find y'all follow y'all. If they want to look at your kits to purchase, how can, how can people do that? The wonderful thing about the internet is tormentafc.com takes everybody to everything that they want to know. And you can <laughs> right there. And it's about as simple as that, but I've, you know, the soccer world kind of lives in the Twitter world too. And, and I think we have a lot of fun on social media. Our, our front office are also some of the best in the business. I'm very committed to what we're doing and all those social media side threads, Instagram and um, Twitch, where we do some, have some fun things too, to the classics and in, in Facebook and, and other social medias, but come see us at, tormentafc.com, and I think it'll all spill out from there. I appreciate it, Darren. Thank you for taking the time. Bernadette, thank you for setting this up. That's Bernadette O'Donnell, the uh, very, very professional and capable uh, communications person for the club down there. Um, and good luck to Tormenta this season. Doug, it was an honor to speak to you, and we've got some really other cool announcements coming coming up too, and we're not, we're, we're not just getting started. But this program keeps moving, and, and we look forward to everything from opening season to the Open Cup and all the things in between. I'm looking forward to seeing it happen. Thank you, sir. Great, sir. Thank you, Doug. I again want to thank Darren Montassel for coming on to the podcast. Again, Atlanta United playing at Colorado 6 p.m. on Saturday. You can follow my coverage on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. This is Southern Fight Soccer Podcast. Please click, share, subscribe, and y'all have a great day. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL.
only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 